And we're back. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast, and I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. And thanks for being here, Grizz fans. Uh, so before we jump into the Grizz game recap, like we normally do, we need to find out about the big bet from last week that Brent and Mike made oh, yeah. about the inaugural Fantasy Football Week. Brent joined a fantasy football league that Mike and I are in. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about other people's fantasy sports. It's super boring. But you guys did make a bet for what? Probably dinner. Where was it a bottle of whiskey? A bottle of whiskey. It was a bottle yeah, of whiskey. Yeah. yeah. And we need to find out who won the bet. Well, <clears throat> games aren't over yet, Luke. Polls are at 100. <laughs> Turns out this matchup is. <laughs> all, all precincts are reporting. <laughs> And uh, it looks like, Mike, I have uh, cleared with uh, essentially, we'll just call it a nine-point win. So, you know, I actually didn't look at either of my fantasy teams this weekend at all. And I'm in another league with, with the CFO of our company, and he, I, I texted him last night about a work thing. Um, I was going to have to miss a meeting, and he texted me back, and he says, don't worry, I won't tell them that you're the league lowest scorer. <laughs> Well, so I'm getting it on both ends right now. In our league, Mike's team name is Dumpster Fire, and there's never been a more aptly named. And it's team. been Dumpster Fire for about four years now, and I just haven't felt the need to change it. So. You're not the lowest scorer in the but league, I, but you're pretty close. But I will tell you, if freaking Baker Mayfield hadn't completely shit the bed, I would have been all right. I mean, that guy, holy cow. Well, what's funny is like Twitter this morning, going on the Baker Mayfield thing, everyone was like, oh, this is the media's fault that the Browns lost. No one believed the Browns were that great. This is the media. It's like this whole thing was like, yeah, I don't think so. This is the closest you're going to get to me talking about current events on this pod, but it has become way too simple to just blame the media. Well, let's move on. Baker Mayfield did outscore your backup quarterback. Let's move on, Brent. By 15 tenths. Brent, nobody cares about your fantasy football team. <laughs> That's okay. Chris game recap. Uh, where do we begin? Because I'm excited to talk about it. Um, boy. Can we just pretend the first half didn't happen. I was going to say. Talk about <laughs> I mean, let's, we'll, let's go in order. But I will say that third quarter was one of the most electric feelings that I've experienced in that stadium in a non-playoff game since maybe North Dakota State. And did it feel like there were more people in the stands in the third quarter than there normally A hundred percent to be. Yeah. Yeah. And we come out and they hang a 24 bomb in the third quarter. That's crazy. Crazy. I mean, their stats – I mean, maybe let's start at the beginning and we can can hit some of these. But that third quarter, I mean, it was incredible. They put up almost 200 yards of offense – it, it 24 unanswered points, punt return touchdown, two picks against the guy that, what, did he throw three interceptions all two. of last season? He only season? threw two all of last And season. so he threw three in the game, and really four, because that Darian that Nash. Pick. That was a pick. That was a pick, and I don't understand how, how this level can't get instant replay correctly, <laughs> but if there's not conclusive evidence to overturn it, you have to defer to the call on the field. And it was like they couldn't confirm that it was a catch, so they said no catch. And I was like, no, the call on the field was a catch. And both his feet were down, if you look at it. It looks like he They did. said he jungled the ball. There are just some things that I don't get about our society. Like, it took, like, way too long to put wheels on, like, luggage, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> things I didn't think we'd talk about tonight. Did you guys see, I know we both saw it, Brent's video of the Jerry Louis McGee punt return, right? Everyone has a fucking phone. Like, why can't we get 
a camera. The technology exists <laughs> at every angle at this level. We have 25,000 phones in the stands. Put three extra ones on the field. You could ask San Diego about having cameras on the field, though. Ooh. If you guys haven't seen the the uh, end of the the uh, UC Davis-San Diego game, uh, we'll tweet it out later. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, you're we'll right. We'll get to that, too. We should have had another pick on this guy. Yeah. Uh, and really, after the third quarter started, uh, the Grizz had Northern Alabama at their backs. It was. And, Brent, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that – um, Coach Houck said that Northern Alabama was three of, three six, of six on third down in the first half and finished, and finished the game three of 13. That's correct. Oof. So, I mean, talk about an incredible. And really, I think they only got like 60 yards in the, four, in the second Something half. Like that, yeah. And this is another thing. We talk about instant replays. Their biggest pass play – in the, the second half, the guy absolutely was out of bounds. <laughs> like I don't like. It's like instant replay. Decided all the game's over. We're not going to review this because he 100 percent like his whole thigh and butt landed out of bounds. Anyway, mm. let's talk about the first quarter. <laughs> do we do we have to? Uh, okay, well, it opens up okay, right? Well, I mean, the North Alabama comes out, gets down the field, but then we get the tip drill pick in the corner of the end zone, which was that was pretty cool. A couple Nash? things stood out to me on that. Yeah. Go for I was going to say Nash, um, you know, stuck with his man, which was awesome. You know, because, again, we talked about Calhoun last week. Like, those guys maybe weren't as on their guys last year as they were right. um, so far this year. So it was good to see. The yeah. tip drill was awesome. Yeah, just playing the ball in the air and punching it back into Robbie's hands. That was – I mean, it, it – like North Alabama couldn't have had a better opening drive until that moment, and then steal the ball away and and um, turn around and turn it into a touchdown on our side of the field. I think, or it took us another possession, right? But um, just stole a score right away from them. So great yeah. way to start, great way to stop their drive. The Huge betweens is a little concerning, but yeah. So got it rolling, and then and then we uh, a theme that ran through the day. Uh, Running the ball into the end zone, and Marcus Knight had himself one hell of a day. Finds the end zone for the first time of three. Do we have a running back? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I think we, we kind of we, we said it last week, but we weren't sure what they were going to do with Eastwood. Eastwood got carries in this game after Knight, Osmo, and Turner. And Turner. Is that how you say his name, Osmo? Osmo. Osmo. We better get used to that because Osmo. he is a freshman, Osmo. and I think we're going to have four years of a lot of fun with that guy. He's powerful. Yes. I actually also like, and you guys know I'm 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 a high on Turner, and I'm disappointed that he's probably number three. But uh, they ran some eye with him. Mm-hmm. Like they actually put a fullback in and ran. He ran a touchdown in. Yeah. 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 But um, Osmo got his first touchdown through the air later in the game. Yep. He looked good, but Knight, like his. What twenty one yard touchdown? Oh man, was as cool a run as I've seen in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Can you remember, Mike, the last time we had a running back with some dynamism? I mean, we were talking about this a little bit. Uh, maybe Trayvon Van. Yeah. Um, Canada and Win were both more of kind of Canada was a little bit powerful, but he didn't he didn't have the the jukes like this, if you will. And right. and the Win brothers were. They had all the jukes, but they just didn't have the speed. Yeah, they just didn't have the speed. <clears throat> they couldn't hold the speed, yeah. But Knight, 
he's shown us something these first two games that we haven't had in a while. Yep. And it was something, I mean, uh, on the night trend, and I, I was I was kind of tweeting about it a little bit and talking about it, and you saw it more prevalent in the first half, and it looks like they made some adjustments to, to work it out, but you also saw a little bit of the challenge with Knight, which you're going to live with with these type of games, was his pass protection and Osmo's pass protection wasn't as good as what you see with um, Eastwood. And so Dalton got hit a bit. Dalton got pushed out of the pocket probably a little bit more than he wanted to. And we saw him kind of make a few decisions, a couple throws, a couple keeps on some zone reads and some things like that where uh, a little rushed, a a lot of pressure in his face. But again, with that running game with Knight, it's a trade-off you got to take. And I wonder, I don't know this because I'm not like a coach, you know, and I'm just a fan, but I get the sense that that teaching the mechanics of run blocking has got to be a hell of a lot easier to teach than like ball carrier vision, like the intangibles of acceleration and juking, you know, like some of those things seem innately athletic, whereas like run blocking is probably some combination of understanding the defensive reads and strength and toughness. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Picking up blitzes, things like that, just being able to identify what the line's blocking and who's going to trade off and what to pick up. But yeah. Yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting. Speaking of picking up blitzes, I mean, one thing you've pointed out a couple times because you like to pee in people's Cheerios um, is (laughs) that Eastwood's so much of a better pass blocker than any of the running backs. And I mean, that's probably true, but but he's also the, the only way the, I was going to say the only way that the other guys are going to figure it out <laughs> is learning it being out there. And yeah, you know, absolutely. They yeah. still only gave up two sacks yesterday right? or two days ago. So yeah, the other day, yeah. it's going to be interesting to, it's going to be interesting to watch that develop. But if I was Eastwood right now, who I'm sure is a great guy, I would be feeling like my playing time's taking a serious hit. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we talked about, I think, didn't we talk about last week where it's, it seems like maybe Eastwood, could be best suited as a fullback to have him on the field. But, again, we don't use the fullback a lot. So it's just kind of a position that you don't see that much anymore. My sense is that he's going to get a lot of carries next week. Well, that's what I was just going to say. I think we should be careful not to read too much into what happens next week. Yeah. Because why put stuff on film? Even though at QB Club today, Hauk said you go to win. So you go to win. You play to win the game. We talked about this. You mow to cut the grass. You mow to cut cut the grass. So this is our, you know, weekly announcement that, you know, we don't talk about anything. We're not supposed to talk about from QB club, but it's getting more and more worth being a part of. Wouldn't you say? Oh my God. That was the most entertaining hour of football discussion. Um, that that I've had at a QB club meeting ever. Like, that was so fun tonight. People were laughing, and they switched. They used to do it in the mornings forever and ever, and they switched to Monday nights, and it's been a blast. Um, you know, good networking, all that, but it's just fun to hear it. Good questions from the audience. No, nothing really off limits. How no, makes fun of the alum he knows. It's actually kind of fun to yeah. not know him, so you're not in the crosshairs. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's been a guy that gets picked on like every week. Every week. Like, so, yeah. Yep. But um, I mean, and they, they now they broadcast it on a secure link. So if you're something you're interested in, but you don't live in Missoula, 
there's there's ways to yep. to see the whole thing. GoGrizz.com slash QB Club. There you go. So we're not giving away any secrets because no what you talk about Q, Q, QB Club stays in QB Club. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the interesting thing, like the, oh, the story of the first half, right? Obviously, to uh, some defensive lapses. Mm-hmm. Um, what, a 75-yard pass touchdown and then a 64-yard touchdown as well, too. Um so I was watching the game thinking, boy, they watched our film and they knew some of our tendencies. Right. Britton, you think that maybe there was something else going on. Conspiracy well, theory alert. <laughs> we should get some Brent's conspiracy theory of the week. Pull the tinfoil um, hat out. <laughs> the Well, the talk is that... The talk. <laughs> oh, okay. Word around the oval. <laughs> you know, I was in a hipster coffee shop and um, <laughs> they were talking... <laughs> It could be anything. <laughs> this, is, this is, yeah. Um, I'm going to get some depths of Twitter dregs here. Um, anyways, uh, the story is is that North Alabama might have been paying attention to some of our um, audibles and defensive calls. Because, Mike, you noticed in the second, second half, half. They were definitely they were holding up big towels when the defensive guys were calling in the plays. Yeah. So does it mean that that's the only reason why they had – multiple big pass plays early it's tough to say so let me get this straight the grizzlies had players holding up towels in front of the the play call in the second half to shield the booth the the north alabama booth and the north alabama sideline from stealing our play calls i think it was graduate assistance but yeah okay (laughs) interesting yeah yeah is this a thing it's a thing i mean i do you do you remember so um the last year, Mick Delaney was coach. Twenty thirteen, right? No, it wouldn't have been twenty thirteen. The one, the last time Mick Delaney beat the Cats in Bozeman, and who was was it like Jordan Tripp was out. He was or he was he was hurt for the season, so um, it wouldn't have been twelve though. Oh, it must have been okay. So it was it was twenty thirteen then or fourteen fifteen. We played there, yeah. So it was twenty thirteen, and the. They held like a big, was it like an American flag or a Grizz flag over the coaches the whole time? And there was this big like thing, like they're 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 hiding signals, they're stealing signals, and there's all this this. But if you talk to people, you talk to like sports reporters and stuff, they talk about how college football coaches are like the most paranoid people in the whole <laughs> entire world. Yeah, well, so, I don't doubt that for a second. So who knows? Tough to say. But it was interesting because whatever they did, they made adjustments to stop them in the second half, which we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I said this last week in South Dakota too, but. All of the touchdowns the Grizz have given up have been kind of fluky. Yeah. But two weeks in, I mean, it's like, is it a trend and it's going to be a problem all year, big plays, or is it fluky? Well, if we just give up 17 a game, I mean, you could probably live with most of that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so. But that stuff, they, they went in a halftime trailing. Right. And then they didn't allow any points in the second half. They allowed four first downs and 70 yards. So, so real quick before we get too far, let's let's wrap up the first half. Because yeah. the thing that, that probably took people the most by surprise, obviously um, they had a fake punt and that worked great. Um, Adam Wilson reached back to his rugby days and wanted to run over a guy yeah. and then stand over him. He was doing his best Dalton Sneed. Um, <laughs> but uh, they obviously had a pre-built check-in on the field goal. Yes. And, you know, went for the fake. And Roberts, the holder, ran with it, pitched it to Purdy. It looked like 
maybe a little too soon, didn't work out, and everyone's saying, oh, they take the points, take the points, especially yeah. because... We'd also, we'd also fail the two-point conversion at that point, too. Yeah, because yeah. North Alabama came right back, scored a huge long touchdown, and they would go into halftime winning. Yeah. But, you know, you look at the film, and what's interesting is that should have worked two different ways. Yeah. <laughs> Either Roberts held the ball longer and then pitched it when the guy was had to commit to him, or he just did a quick fake pitch and he was he had daylight. He had one. So guy. he basically had yeah. three options and he just picked the wrong one. And the funny thing is, is you're gonna, you're going to be hard pressed to find it, but go back and watch a replay of it and notice how Brandon Purdy's lining up because he's lining up to kick the ball with his right foot and he's a lefty. Shut up! It was a fake the whole way. <laughs> I, I will say Brent is one of the few people that noticed that in real time because we had a little text thread and he pointed it out. It was you who pointed it out, wasn't it? No, it wasn't me. I didn't notice oh, shoot. it until I saw it. Somebody again. on our text thread pointed it out. No, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Wow, <laughs> so good for them because I definitely didn't notice. But I mean, it, it was it was interesting. I think people were really frustrated. I was too. I mean, it was it should have been twenty to seventeen at the at the half gross, but in the big picture, it didn't matter. What was interesting was, you know, halftime, it was like you were annoyed, but you're kind of like, okay, you know. I saw some people in the tailgate there were more than annoyed. Well, they're going to come back out and, and maybe figure this out. I was also out of beer. Um, but then that third quarter, Oof. I mean, holy cow. Yeah. Can, can I read for you um, what Northern Alabama did in their offensive possessions in the second half? Sure. Yeah. Please do. Go for it. Uh, interception, right. interception. Punt, 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 fumble, end of half. That's <laughs> <laughs> a, a rough that day. A fucking smackdown. Well, yeah, it's it, a rough day. And you go down the line, it's like four plays, inter- interception, four plays, interception, three and out, 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 losing 12 yards, six plays, lost on a fumble, and then one play and get the hell out of here. It was, I mean, they just got boat raced. It was funny. I, I think we talked about it. I was like, I'm taking the points. UNA is going to cover. Like they're going to thirty point spread. <laughs> they got it. They got it done in in like a quarter plus what a few minutes. Like a quarter, like basically seventeen minutes of clock time. The Grizz went from being down one to beating the spread. So not only have the Grizz beat <laughs> the spread two games in a row, they've beat the spread by thirteen or more points two <laughs> weeks in a row, which is kind of incredible. <laughs> So what's our spread against the world? <laughs> if it's Ew. anything below 55, take the under. It's 30, it's like 30 something. It's in the 30 range, which I thought was interesting. That actually feels respectful. So I thought the tail of the second half, uh, besides their defense dominating, uh, that was probably 1A. 1B was our offensive linemen. Our offensive line yeah. was able to establish some dominance up front. This is where we ran the ball uh, convincingly. Do you guys think our O-line is maturing in front of our eyes a little bit? I mean, I don't see how you could, with two games in the season, and I don't care who we played, not feel that way. I mean, they're clearly better than they were last year. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something I want to pinpoint is we don't like talking um, too much about last year. As Grizz fans, but time out, time out. Luke. We're not talking about last year. We're not going to talk about it at all. We're talking about improvement this year as compared to a random year as last year. Two years random ago. point in time previous to this. <laughs> yeah. but in 2017. If our O line, if every position group is just slightly better, 
than they were last year were a playoff team. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, I'm just trying to chart dots on a graph, you know, <laughs> and try to come up with some sort of projection. But so far, the Hauk era has been a success. Is this true or false? Ooh. Well, I mean, undecided. It's, it's it's true in the sense that they're clearly making progress in year yeah. two than year one. Yeah, I think they there's a couple games last year they should have won. <laughs> Portland State jumps right to mind. Yeah. Let's not talk about last year in that yeah. regard. But yeah, I mean, I think so. I think he's he, he came in and he he identified a few position groups that he felt like he needed to rebuild, and he's rebuilding them. Um, on O line in the second half, they rotated in um, four guys. Cook, Mallory, Pillars, Pillins, Pillins, Cook, and there was another guy I'm blanking on at this moment in time. Uh, Martin was at center, and I'm blanking on the other guard. And they said it was part of the plan, and that they're going to yeah. do it basically until they kind of feel they're establishing, and that the guys who play the hardest are going to start. Yep. And realistically, it's probably about just pushing the starters to say, like, hey, look, we've got depth that we didn't have last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I of the three guys, I think that Mallory could take a spot quickly oh, man um, he was having fun out there the tackles i mean it's gonna be interesting to watch cook develop because i think kinds is showing progress i think beaver's showing progress so can he come in and steal one of those spots i think it's more likely to be beaver than kinds but i don't know um so i think that's gonna be interesting to watch but the other thing that you know their coach basically said montana's offensive line controlled the second half and oh, it's yeah. like when was the last time we heard that Years. I, I, mean, I mean, since Hauk left? I mean, like, maybe, maybe the 2011 Flugrad season yeah, where he yeah. had all of Hauk's, like, offensive recruits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other was Sean Anderson, other yep. tackle 75. Yep. He got some reps. I mean, I, it, you know, I think that's fun. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I, there was a point where Mallory, like, picked up some, like, poor defensive lineman and took him back, like, 10 yards and knocked him down and, like, sat on him and then got up and like danced over him <laughs> it, was, it was like and the game was over it was the fourth Holy quarter Moses. It, was, it was just it was like oh my god like that guy there's just o lineman that just like loved to like make people hate life and he seems like one of those guys he's i mean and he got we saw him come into camp and it was like this guy's pretty big like i mean he's 350 pounds and he initially in fall camp looked i mean a little out of shape for like football playing, but like we're we're now more than a month in, and it seems like he's maybe coming along. Yeah, he's so, certainly certainly I mean, making some progress there. It's like we have guys we can trust beyond the starting five, and that's that's nothing. That's not something we've had since before. I mean, at least ten years, I would say. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about Jerry Lumiki for a few minutes. <laughs> so. Are you gonna get? Are you gonna get mad here, Mike? I'm gonna make a couple points, but first let's let's highlight the things. Um, Jerry Lou McGee is is like second in the nation in punt returns right now, yeah. which two games in. But I mean, that that punt return was a thing of beauty, and like the thing that is so clearly obvious when you're watching them out there is the special teams guys love playing special teams with him back there. Yeah, oh, I mean. Yeah. There's always a chance. They block hard. They're kicking ass in a way that we haven't done in a while. Got to like that, right? He's got that home run ability. So he <clears throat> is now tied for first all-time for punt return touchdowns at UM with three. With two other players. Who are they, Luke? Lavander Seegers. Yeah, that's one. 
and Mark Mariano. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Those are the two. That's what I was thinking too. Yep. Which is, you know, you sit and think about it. I mean, that's pretty special. And he's already has more catches than Mark Mariani. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I think they're different guys. And I will say the caveat that the position that Jerry Lou McGee plays in the offense is designed to get more balls than the type of wide receiver position that Mark Mariani played. Sure. And the but, types of offenses that exactly. they were in for But still, careers. I mean, he has 190 catches, second all-time, two away from tying, three away from breaking, Raul Pacheco's all-time yeah, yeah. receptions record. It's crazy. We had like 50 in that one game against Cal Poly three years ago. <clears throat> so, yeah. so he, 21. 21, 21 yeah. <laughs> I mean, he may break this record in, in Oregon. Oregon. He probably is, which I think is a bummer. And I – texted these guys after the game and i was annoyed about it i mean because it felt like all the other i'm gonna call them the first line wide receivers because we were too deep and they all rotate through all the other ones were playing for like the last four or five possessions that steed was in but it seemed like jerry lumigi wasn't and it almost seemed like it was intentional like you know we're just not we're just not going to have him break the record at home because it's not about him. But who knows? That could be reading too far into it. But I will say that I think it's unfortunate that he's going to break this record getting blown out at Oregon. <laughs> because, one, I mean, he's a senior. He's meant a lot to the program. My, my son loves him, for example. So I think that sometimes those records are about more than just the team. It's yeah. like the program and the fans that support him and stuff like that. But the other thing, and I mean, I don't – mean to jump into controversial topics too much, but Jerry Lou McGee is a Native American. And having good, positive role models in college athletics is a big deal. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I There hasn't been a lot of Native American college athletes at UM or MSU, and that is a huge part of our state. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the biggest minority group in the state. So I think of J.R. Camel. Uh, UM basketball player back in the day, uh, phenomenal player. I think of Mike Chavez, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. heartbeat Browning um, guy who still is a dominant personality in the state in youth basketball. I think JR actually had a nephew that was on UM's team for a time. He didn't mm-hmm. play much, but I mean, we're looking at a very short list of impactful uh, American Indians. Jerry Lou McGee is on that Mount Rushmore, and it would have meant a lot, I think, to have him break that at home. Yeah, and again, he's he's going to break it, so it's not to take away anything. And I'm not criticizing because not in the game, don't know what the coaching moves are and things like that. And who knows? I mean, he could still break it at home in two weeks yeah, if he Oregon doesn't play a ton of Oregon. Out, yeah. um, but even though, even at that point, I mean, it wouldn't be in the like he dominated that game. And it yeah, would have just been yeah. like the icing on the cake, I think, to have that awesome home moment. Right. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Well, we'll just have to see. I mean, and, and I would hope that if he does break the record in Oregon, that um, who knows? It might not it might not fly with the coaching staff, but it'd be it'd be pretty cool to recognize him uh, at some point in the Monmouth game, right? I mean, I think you almost have to. It's like that's a big deal. It's a big damn deal. I mean, yeah. So anyway, okay, moving on to that. But we also know the that like team over self. Yeah, there's so no that, there's no be, I in team, and, and that's so, yeah. one of Hauk's big things. And and I think that we would all agree more often than not that that's a good thing. So if that's yeah. you know if you're sticking to your policies, 
and, and you know the crowd was chanting Jerry, Jerry. Oh, I mean, it's like God, he had his moment, so, so it's not like he didn't have an awesome yeah, experience. Sure. <laughs> um, but I, I think um, <clears throat> go, you go back, especially with his punt returns and just some of the and some of the things that were happening in there. Um, these young guys, like because right, special teams a lot, on a lot of especially defense, you you start on the special teams and you work your way up and. The way these guys are playing, um, these young guys, Wellnell, O'Connell, um, it was pointed out to us you should pay attention to Garrett Graves and some of the blocking he was doing. On special teams. On special teams. I want to talk about Garrett Graves. <laughs> I mean, it's like the effort these guys, like these mostly redshirt freshmen and sophomores are putting in, knowing that their time is coming to be a, a starter in the years ahead. You, you love it. And you th- I, it's interesting because – that was a big staple that Bobby always had. And you could see it, how guys would – special team standouts would become standouts, starters at their position a lot of times. And that kind of washed out because – of, uh, and especially in prior years, there was just really thin ranks. Your special team starters were sometimes your defensive starters. You just didn't have a lot of guys. And you start to see that growth, that development, because it's like in years ahead, Marcus Wellnell – and Patrick O'Connell and some of these other guys are going to be starters, and they're going to be studs. You can just tell by the way they play special teams right now. So it, it's cool to see that come along, and like they've they've kind of started that foundation over again. And I think the D line is the most fluid position on the team. Like I think there's yeah. there's opportunities for somebody to come in and play themselves into a pass rushing specialist. Yes, which is why I do want to talk about Graves for a second. So he's too good of an athlete not to play, <laughs> right? For sure. You know, and he's. Whether we want to pretend he's a quarterback or not, I mean, he's not going to play quarterback. He's not going to play running back. No, no not, well, not with Osmo not, and not with no, that no. depth chart right now. Do you think he's long enough to be a pass rusher? Well, that's what I was going to ask. Mm. He's an athlete, and everyone says safety or linebacker. You yeah, know, yeah. Safety would probably be his natural position, but it's like he's so damn quick and tough and athletic. Like, is it far-fetched to be like, Put him on the edge and just see what he can do because like he runs so over guys when I he's the QB. Just, yeah, yeah. I really think at that position they list him as 6'3", 202. Obviously he'd he'd get heavier. You'd have to bulk have up. To put on he's like 30 pounds. he's only going to get more explosive though. Mm-hmm. Like it, with a college strength and conditioning coach, you're putting on mass and you're getting faster and stronger and more explosive. No doubts about that. I just am a little interested to look at his reach. Because when you're going up against six foot four to six foot six tackles, if they can get their hands on you before he, and you, you know and yep. you can't touch him, you're yep. you're over. You're, yeah. yep. If he has reach, if he's got some wingspan on him, that could be an awesome position for him. Oh yeah, it's intriguing. It's also going to be interesting because you know with Gavin Crow um, hurting his sh- breaking his sh- what tibula. Uh, yeah, something. Yeah. Broke something. Broke something. I mean, that's, I guess, a lower leg injury. I mean, it was right in front of me in the north end zone, so I will just confirm for you that it was a lower leg injury. <laughs> Not stealing anything, just right in front of me, I can tell. Yeah. Um, and so he's probably out for a while. He tweeted out some pictures of him in the hospital bed, so he clearly had surgery. Yep. So I hope yep. for the best. And hopefully it's early enough where he can get a medical red shirt. I would think so. And, and keep contributing because he's such a freak athlete. You know, we've talked about how much we like him. Yes. Um, it's it's crazy that he doesn't get hurt in that uh, kickball game Luke was umpiring. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Um, so with him hurt, you know, all of a sudden we've got a secondary depth thing, and obviously, yeah. you know, Fouch is back there, McGinnis is back there, so we still got guys. But it's like you wonder if that's not also an opportunity for them to 
start working Graves into the secondary a little bit. Well, and that was one observation I made in the um, as the fourth quarter slogged on and most of us were ready to just go home. But um, Gavin Robertson had to play the whole game. And, and uh, because play the game because well, I'm gonna be, I'm because I'm gonna bet the other two safeties that they have on the roster were probably standing in the student section without pads on, so <laughs> you know um, that's like this safety core they rely on six guys and now mm-hmm. they're at five yeah so they're gonna have to they're gonna have to do something yeah and I mean it'll be interesting to see what they do but it's like for this for this defense where we rotate three and four safeties at a time yeah like they're gonna have to figure it out. Um, and I was going to call out Robertson because we talked about the Nash tip to Hauk for the awesome interception on the first drive, but Robertson had a beauty of an interception too, where it's like he played the wide receiver and yep. you know just caught it. And it was, it's cool to see some of these guys that were good last year but didn't quite put it together mm-hmm. do some things. Absolutely, you know, take you're, that next step. When you're seeing it all across the board, especially I think on the defense. Um, yep. But and the other thing is, yeah, Robertson. I think I, I think I posted something about this before. I think Robertson had his best game as a Grizz. And maybe the opponent, uh, yeah, yeah, but I th- but I think it was a good sign of that pick he played, and then he was up. I think he had a tackle for a loss. Um, he was he was just a force. Now, maybe he was able to tally up some stats because he had to play the whole game. But, uh, but man, that guy, I, he was he was in on everything. You saw number two all over the place there, and he was, he was having a night. So, yeah. It's cool to see. <laughs> Any other uh, points you guys want to talk about in the recap? Uh, yeah. What do you want to talk about? Uh, there was a fat guy interception. Yes. <laughs> um, those should be celebrated yes. always. And not only was there a fat guy interception, I mean, we've seen fat guy interceptions where it's like the ball just falls into their hands. Right. But Governor baited <laughs> the QB sold the rush long enough to get Dante through and then dropped back and with his fingertips caught the ball. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome. It was a hell of a pick. Best fat guy interception in Washington Grizzly that we've seen. Tonga Takai's. No, because oh, was it wow. where was um the guy from Libby's interception Is against he really the cats? A fat guy though. Well, uh, I don't think Gubner's a fat guy either, but <laughs> um true. Who was that? Uh, he was that defensive end. It sealed the game. It was awesome. Uh, it was when they wore the copper jerseys. Yep. It was 2008, and, yeah. and he was a backup, right? And he just had a pick six at yep. the end. It was from yeah. Libby, and he brought it back for a touchdown. Yeah, that D- one was D-line awesome. pick six, yeah. That's They're cool. always fun, but it was just like those – leaped up. I, I loved it. <laughs> loved every second of it. But I think the one thing, if you rewatch it, and this is, this is the second game now, and it's funny because I've had it again. I had this thought in the first game. It's like, man, Dante Olson just wasn't the guy we saw last year. Like he was, he didn't, he didn't have, he didn't have thirty tackles, uh, or you know, fifteen or twenty or whatever. Um, but then you watch South Dakota again, and it was like Dante Olson was blowing up blocks. He was taking, and and other people were reaping what Dante was doing. So you talk about that pick, and you watch it again, and it takes a lot, a lot of things for one play to develop. But Dante Olson destroys the cube it like comes through free on what 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 governor right was able to Mm -hmm. bait the tackle into and so it's interesting because dante's dante's stat line is still good but it's not like eye-popping like it was last year but if you go back and you rewatch the game and you just pay attention to 33 he's making plays that other guys are reaping i mean the nash interception he comes all the way across the field 
as the QB scrambling all over the place and picks up the guy's safety valve to the tight end. So it forces the QB to chuck the what should have been a pick, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's like Dante's doing a lot of the little things now that don't show up in the stat book, and you watch on the replay, and he's still – I mean, it's like he's at another level, but he's not just a tackling machine now. He is like the complete commander of the defense. What does it say about um, our expectations, Dante Olsen, that a guy who's on pace to have over 100 tackles in the season is, like, not meeting our tackle expectations? <laughs> well, yeah, tackle like, more, Dante. It's like dumb fan, look at the stat box only, yep. versus, right. like, the coach's yep. consensus pick on who they have to think about the most. Yeah, it's and like, man, he only had nine tackles. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh. things that – I mean, if there's anything to be concerned about coming out of the game, I think it's, you know, big plays. they got to get that fixed. Yep. Um, and getting pressure on the QB traditionally, yeah. um, that they seem to adjust and do better in the second half, and they're getting better. Like yeah. they're getting pressure. It's just we just don't have that guy. We don't yeah. have a Holmes. We don't have a Wagonman. We don't have a Bush. I mean, yet. it's like yet, and it's like you see flashes. Like I think uh, Rice keeps showing a little yeah. bit, and yeah. I mean we've got him for. This I think year O'Connor this might start showing something too. It was kind of fun to see him. Uh, Mamula had another mm-hmm. tackle for a loss, yep. and so it's like what I do like about these guys, and we've heard Bobby talk about this, like. This D line has a motor to like just chase after guys. Mm-hmm. They don't, yeah, they don't have that guy, especially like you think like a Holmes or a Tim Bush or one of these guys that is just gonna just plow into a tackle and drive him right back in the QB. That's just not there yet. We'll get there, but um, yeah, that that's. But that was the thing. Like we we're talking about when Luke, you were saying that we we're how this team is coming along. I think the three big concerns about this team coming in this year was O line play. If we have a running back and D-line pressure on the QB. We're two games in, so it's a small sample, but two of, three. Two of the three seem to be well on their way. I and, am excited and I'm about not Austin. super – like, the D-line, like, it's concerning, right? They got to generate pressure on their own. But it all – I mean, it's coming along. Running back and O-line is looking good. Um, they won the time of possession battle again. again. So two weeks in a row. they got to like that. And won the second half. Yep. Which, I mean – you know, I mean, that's a big deal because yes. we talk about last year and stuff like that, and it's like mentally, do they win that? I mean, they probably win that, but we would have said they beat Portland State, and they yeah. didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, came back out, and they just kicked their butts. And uh, we also have the best net punting team in the country. Well, <laughs> it's because he was so, booming it. Adam Wilson can kick his, the shit out of His kickoffs football, were going so. through the uprights. You know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think – that's something that gets me excited. Not that the punting gets me excited. It's like our ability to put the pedal to the floor, mm-hmm. not give up. I think, I mean, I, you know, some people have said, well, Bobby played his starters maybe a little too long. But I, I don't know. I think he's still setting the intention of this program. And it's we're going to kick the teeth in of our opponents. They're the enemy, and we have to vanquish them. And, and I'm, I always, think that's it. I'm always a mixed bag on playing too long or whatever. Because, I mean, I, yeah, playing too long, especially when Colton Kites went down, and it was like, oh, God. But he popped back up and yeah. ran out. Oh. But, um, you know, you got to play some of those guys in games where they have a chance where they're not going to get reps. So it's like getting yeah. Turner live reps as the third or fourth back, whatever he is. I think he's probably the third, but whatever he is, yeah. he, you know, makes a difference. Getting um, – Humphrey a couple series of actually mm-hmm. running the offense, letting him throw a touchdown. It's like you can't replace that. 
Nope. So that stuff, you know, it matters to me. And I will say that that last touchdown, you know, anybody complaining about running up the score, the play clocks were broken in the stadium. I don't know if you noticed that. Mm-hmm. And yep. so it was harder for them to see um, uh, what, you know, what the clock was and what's working on. Yeah, it took forever. That fourth quarter was brutal. In the sense, like, game's over. Like, it's fun to watch the guy, the the depth guys get some reps, but it's like, I want to go home. It's late. But uh, it took a little while. But I don't know. Got another score out of it. So Yeah, got to like it. All right, player of the game offense, player of the game defense. Ooh, offensively? I think, I think I'm going to have to go Dalton Sneed. Really? Yeah, we barely talked about Dalton Steed this I week. I just, I think he, <laughs> I think he made a lot of good decisions again this week. Okay, he I, had a few reads that he should have taken back on. For I mean, run sure. pass option. But in the in, in the scope of the entire game, I think he managed the game well. I think he he distributed the ball across the field. Yep, um, and he didn't compromise his health. They sold that fake on the the. Touchdown! They threw back across the field oh to Renzel. So I mean, <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. Um, he maybe kept it a couple times where he shouldn't have. It felt like in the first half he was playing the hero a little bit, but he calmed down in the second half and just you know, engineer great offense is what he needs to do. Um, we also haven't talked about Kem and Tory, but they, about, yeah. they had great games. You know, I was going to say if I was going to give a player the game on offense, I'd say either Knight or. I suppose a Cam. I mean, both him and Tory had the yards, but Cam had some. I love they're playing more physical. Yes, too. It's fun. Yeah. Um, Knight probably on offense just because that was a breakout game and it, it showed us some stuff that it's like, yep. So for me on offense, it's it's Knight. Yeah, I mean, he had three touchdowns. That's hard to yep. argue against. Overall, I mean, Jerry Lou McGee, just he had a great game. Punt return, yeah. So I'm going to give that to him. Defense, who's your guy? Oh, shoot. Probably Dante. I mean, secret yeah. Dante. But, Make it um, all happen. Uh, you got. I'm impressed with our secondary play. Um, with two fluky, maybe conspiratorial touchdowns <laughs> given up. Otherwise, oh, man. Um, I'm going to give it to Nash this week, not yeah. because I think he was necessarily the best player on defense, but that uh, first interception, the tip drill to Robbie, was just like textbook tip drill. It was awesome. Um, and then the second interception that he should have been his – that team was so excited for him after that. It was like clearly they like each other yeah. and they pump each other up. And um, so I'm going to give it to him. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, I said Gavin Robertson earlier. I That's really fair. liked what I saw out of him. Yeah. But uh, Robbie Houck had something like seven tackles, uh, the interception, and he had a couple of big plays. I think one of the deep passes might have been a little bit in his zone. But um, but it's hard to say. Know, it's, it's, like, I, don't, it, I don't know what the play call is, so I don't know where he – an individual player is supposed to be. And if, if that QB is keeping the ball for six seconds, Oof. I mean, like, what do you, like, yeah. at some point, the defense just, you know, what do yeah. you do? So I saw the team nominated Robbie for their player of the week, defensive for the big sky. But okay. I, I'd lean to Robertson. I don't know. I just liked what I saw so much out of Robertson. It was great to see him have such a good game. Cool. I like it. I think that's about it for me. All right. Let's, um, let's talk about real estate. Huh. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about it for the next hour. Oh, Lord. (laughs) All right. Somebody today asked me if I do this podcast to network. (laughs) No, I do not. (laughs) No. I do this podcast to sit with Luke and Britt and have beers on a Monday night. (laughs) To start a podcast. (laughs) 
<laughs> to network? That's unorthodox. Real estate's a weird world, dude. <laughs> no, Brit's over there like, you may not have started a network, but that's what you're doing. That's what's happening. <laughs> um, yeah, I work for Berkshire Hathaway. I sell real estate. My cell phone number is 531-1802. <laughs> Give me a call if you, want to, if you want to text about the Grizz game. You can do that, too. Uh, really, whatever. <laughs> Please text Mike <laughs> about the Grizz game. <laughs> I mean, if I'm too busy, I won't respond. But yeah, uh, Brent Windermere Real Estate. Uh, yeah, I, our cell phones are everywhere, right? Five two nine four six six three, which is home H O M E. Oh. Uh, if you guys are really good, we'll <laughs> loop Luke into the conversation and eight we'll six seven five three zero nine. Text me anytime. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's us. We're good. We're, we're... Guys, I have a question for you. <sighs> what? What if I haven't bought a home before, and um, I'm unsure about my credit score? What what could you guys do for me? Well, I, you know, I think that the thing that people need to realize is is call a realtor and talk about the process. Because if the realtor doesn't have time to answer some questions and put you on the right track, even if you're months or a year plus away, then yeah. you don't want to work with that person anyway. Yep. You know, we both have great lender contacts who can sit down with you, work on your credit, give you things to work on. Um, we can point you towards some home, first-time homebuyer classes. So reach out to a realtor. There's no such thing as a dumb question. Yeah. And what I'd say a lot of people don't realize, and I know there's a lot of websites that kind of help you simulate like a credit score or something, but lenders can help you in that regard. So I think a lot of people wait till they have to have the perfect credit score or the 20% down payment or all those things. Like, now I'm ready to go. But it's actually good to have a conversation with a realtor early and with a lender early so you can build a game plan. And I think people make that misconception a lot. Like, I should not bug Mike or Brent until I'm fully ready to go. And actually, it's it's good to have a conversation months, if not years, in advance. I think we both do this quite a bit. You talk, We talk to people all the time. Oh, yeah. It's like, they're going to buy next summer. And yeah. That's great. Like, we're going to work through this in the fall, in the winter, in the spring. We're going to be ready to go. Yeah. So, yeah. It's kind of nice because then I know that, you know, it's not going to completely wash up between now and then. I got something in the pipeline. So <laughs> I, do, I don't mind working with you if you're two years out. <laughs> but that's enough about real estate. No more questions, Luke. Luke ad-libs these questions. <laughs> you're going to, like, trip us up into some question we can't answer at some point. I will text you my questions <laughs> and start a conversation. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, what's next? I think it's time for... The check down. Are you ready for this, Mike? I'm always ready for this. This is the segment where I pepper Mike with quick questions and he gives us quick answers. Quick in quotation marks. (laughs) Mike, could start out easy. White Claw or truly hard seltzer? White Claw. Montana Grizzlies best position group? Wide receiver. Montana Grizzlies worst position group? You know what? I, that's a tough question to answer right now, which is a good thing. Don't look at me. This is your check. Whoa. <laughs> I think that we're a little bit thin at the backup long snapper position, so OD needs to stay healthy. Fair. Okay, Mike. <laughs> if Coach Hauk matched any donations you could raise, would you do 24 hours of Relay for Life on your own? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to try to set this up. <laughs> Mike, we have a crystal ball that sees five years into the future. After looking into the ball, we know that Mike 
has won a reality TV show. <laughs> but Mike, tell us, what reality TV show did you win? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, these are amazing. Uh, uh, it, clearly American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> I train with James all the time. <laughs> I want a montage. What what guy seriously does not think they can win that? Like you watch it and you're like, I could do this. I can we're, run up that ramp. We're long enough into the podcast, I really hope Mike was gonna say the bachelor. <laughs> Stacy does not listen this far into it. Okay, Mike, we're not done. Answer fucked or fair? confiscating candy at the entrance of a Grizz game. Oh, that's bullshit, and we haven't talked about it. I wasn't going to bring it up. My father has given out Tootsie Rolls to the people who sit around us every time the Grizz have scored a touchdown, every home game for 20 years. They come in sealed packages that are see-through, and they fit inside of the damn totes that are the, you know, legal requirements. Got taken away from my wife as we were going through security. It's ridiculous. The 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 Twinkie guys. Oh, the Twinkie guy sits diagonally from me, and we saw him bring all his Twinkies. Because he's right by me. So I think somewhere somebody got their messages crossed because we, uh, you know, asked the UM chief of police on, down on the field, and he said, "Oh, that's a shame. That shouldn't have happened." So anybody from the athletic department wants to reach out to me, I already I already said my phone number on this. Um, <laughs> we would really like to make that right because there were a lot of disappointed people who sit around us. They had a lot of candy throughout this week. Yeah. Okay, Mike, moving on. <laughs> Are you willing to lose a finger for a Grizz National Championship? Well, Senator Tester has lost several fingers, and he's a senator, so, I mean, I could probably live without a finger. All right. Mike, Lizzo took a DNA test, and it turns out she's 100% that bitch. If your son <laughs> took a DNA test, it would turn out what percent Stacy and what percent you. Oh, my God. <laughs> It, the, the only safe answer here is 50-50. <laughs> okay, and my favorite question of the week. Mike, who's your favorite child this week? <laughs> Jana. Jana? It's James and Hannah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mike, laying up. Thank oh. God, Stacy. she's listening. She's like, the fuck is Jana? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, both of them. But I will say that James um, officially has a season ticket with us this year. Nice. And I think he was more excited to go to the Grizz game than I was. Mm. I mean, he Heck yeah. he wanted to act it out all day Saturday. We watched the replay on Sunday. I mean, that kid is a Grizz fan. Kicking footballs around your house. <laughs> Knocking things off the mantle. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let's talk about the... No, hold on a second. Oh, which one of my kids is your favorite this week, Luke? <laughs> I don't know. It's so hard. <laughs> Hannah is talking to me. She, I've never heard her speak before. She's like quiet as a mouse. And then she starts saying, bye, Luke. Hi, Luke. Hi, Luke. <laughs> bye, Luke. But then James is high-fiving me, kicking footballs into Mike's electronics. That's fun. <laughs> I'm also picking Janet. <laughs> See, there's only one answer here. Oh, uh, there is. All right. Well, that's enough of that. All right, let's go and check out how the rest of the Big Sky did. We'll try to move pretty quickly through this. Um, but a lot of cool things happened last week. It was an interesting week. I, you know, it's still tough to say um, what it all means. Right. 
because there's the observations even like in the normal of what you expected to happen. Um, so let's go game by game and we can make some observations. Idaho State uh, goes 38 to 13 against Western Colorado University. I mean, is that even enough? No, it was like it was like oddly close. Idaho State had to score 14 points in the fourth quarter to make it look like a like a stretch. I mean, it was weird. So the stats FCS poll came out today, and the Grizz are 20, and the Cats yeah. are 10. Idaho State got two votes. <laughs> like what voter? <laughs> they won. I don't know. I don't know. All right, undetermined. Keep an eye on Idaho State. Yep. Um, then on Friday, <laughs> Sacramento State goes to Tempe. And loses to Arizona State. Arizona State, the ASU, they lose nineteen to seven. I just way close. I don't know what to make of that. Who did Tech State play last week? Uh, like Southern Oregon and NAIA school, so. and they blew them out. Oh, they killed them. Yeah, it I, that's got to be fluky. It's got to be up there with the. Um, didn't Idaho State who beat a. Uh, an FC, FBS a couple years ago Idaho and it was State just beat, awful. Idaho beat, State beat Nevada and it was like one of their only like two or two three or three wins. wins. Yeah. Or the, you know, 15, 20 years ago now when the Cats beat um, um, Colorado, Colorado and then came back and lost to D2 <laughs> Chevron State. Well, next they, week. who's the running back? Was that? Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead. Woodhead. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I don't know how to <laughs> okay. read them. Yeah. Keep an eye on Sac State. I guess. Because they hung 77 in the first game against nobody. But they held ASU to 19. The Sac State hype train is leaving the station. So here, have you looked at their schedule? No. Uh, oh, my God. So, okay. So they host, they, they host Northern Colorado next. So they'll win that game in theory, right, if they're somewhat legit. This is their next stretch. At Fresno mm. versus Eastern. Mm. At the Cats versus the Grizz. At Cal Poly. Versus Weaver at NAU. And then they go at Idaho and finish against Davis. <laughs> they have the hardest schedule. <laughs> wow. Shit. I mean, <laughs> they could be a great team that w- – they could be not great. They could be a good-ish team that wins like four games this year. That is a brutal schedule. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, I pulled up. I was like, these guys could maybe run the conference. And I was like, oh, no. No, no they check can't. that. Oh, never oh, mind. Never mind. They might surprise a team, though, in there if they're, like, legit and people overlook them. Yeah. I just I just love that we now have a Sac State Twitter account that's following us. Right. The Hornets ha- big Hornet deal. House. Big so deal. shout out them. All right. So moving to Saturday, Eastern Washington, Washington goes 59-31 to 31 over Lindenwood. Uh, predictable. Well, this well, one was kind of interesting because, like, I pulled that score and I was like, wow, 31 points. Like, Lindenwood must have got just a ton of junk time. And, I mean, they kind of did, but... It was it was thirty one seventeen at the half. Lindenwood threw for like three hundred and fifty passing yards. That's a D two school. I will tell you, my takeaway is that I feel better about my pick of the Grizz beating Eastern Washington at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Really? Uh, this, I mean, the Grizz I, are going to score points on them. <laughs> I mean, Eric Barrier, like five hundred twenty two yeah. yards and five touchdowns. Like their offense is insane, but they might have some holes on that defense. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know a lot of D two schools that are thrown for. 350 yards on people. So, there. I did see pictures of Lindenwood Stadium better than Eastern Washington's. <laughs> well, they just announced a $25 million stadium upgrade. Do you think they're ever going to raise the money for it? Sure. Why not? Colin Cowherd will write that check too, right? Yeah. Oof. All right. Then we have UC Davis. They beat San Diego 38 to 35. We talked about this game for a minute. 
They got lucky. Damn lucky. Wow. So, I mean, San Diego's throws, I mean, has a pass, and the guy stretches for the end zone to take the lead with two seconds left, and he's hitting fumbles. And the refs talk about it for 30 seconds and call it a fumble before he broke the plane. Pictures on Twitter would say a little bit of both, and but San Diego doesn't have a replay. And the so entire Pioneer League. The whole conference doesn't have a replay, so the call stands on the field, and there's no chance to yeah. review it. it. It was close. But you notice in the, um, the power ranking of the Big Sky podcast uh, uh, Twitter account released, Davis sank. They went down, they went down two or three points. I mean, how are you like, the number four team in the country and uh, eke out this yeah. win against a like? And San Diego got smoked by Davis the week before. So yeah. yeah. Um, moving on, Southern Utah gets spanked thirty-four to fourteen against the University of Northern Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Southern Utah is probably one of the two worst teams in the conference this year. Uh, Portland State hangs seventy on Simon Fraser. And this is the Simon Fraser from Canada, correct? Yes. Uh, I believe so. Simon Fraser was a dude that was from Dutton, Montana when I was growing <laughs> up. I don't know. I felt bad for him. He used to play basketball at the mouth guard. It was weird. Um, Weber State then beats Cal Poly 41-24. to Hey, good for Weber. They have an offense, I guess. Yeah, and I guess Cal Poly... Wasn't as good as people are trying to say they were after one week. Yeah, I think they're one-dimensional still. Yep. Um, Montana State beats uh, Southeast Missouri State thirty-eight to seventeen. That's this a good is, win. That's, that's a good a win. Gold Rush game. Southeast Missouri State was ranked. Somehow Troy Anderson touched the ball like seven times and scored thirty-five touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, that guy. Like, if he doesn't play seven offensive snaps. I don't know that they win the game. What's going on there? Oh, they win the game. Third, they scored 28 points in the third quarter. They just, like, ran away. How many of those were, were thanks to Troy Anderson, though? Like like 14. So, Troy Anderson getting the nod over Bomig, or whatever the hell his name is. Bauman. 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 Well, I mean, Bauman started and played the majority of the snaps. But. Well, I'm just thinking, like, to rely on Anderson... Is this an indictment of Choate's ability to recruit? Is it an indictment on his ability to develop players? It's three years. I just it's gonna be so interesting to watch because you know, him coming in and being the catalyst that kind of got them going. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Bauman got the offense going, I don't know, but the team is now always gonna be reminded it's like if we're struggling on offense, put Troy in. Put him in. You know, and it's like I get it on one hand because they it was a formula that worked for him last year, and look, it worked this time. So it's like, I, I mean, I can't knock him for doing it, but it's like, are you going to establish a QB that way? Is it a lack of patience? Is, does Choke feel insecure in his job? Because it seems like the most, like, penny-wise, dollar-foolish move ever. <laughs> and maybe I could see both sides of this. Maybe it's not foolish, because maybe Choate has come to understand that the MSU fan base has super low expectations. They're like <laughs> the guy who's getting... Like egg rolls at Town Pump at 2 a.m. Like you're not expecting a lot. <laughs> Gas station sushi. Like that's the MSU fan base. Um, that was Luke. Luke said that? Mike wrote that note for me. No. <laughs> but I actually think it's kind of foolish long term 
to hot, cold uh, Bonner like this. And I think it's because there's like an insidious harm that's done to the program. Um, what is a future quarterback recruit going to think about Choate's MSU team? Like, you've failed to develop anyone. You don't have demonstrated ability to show your guys love. How many years has Choate been here? Three. What have you done? Like, in maybe five years then, uh, you don't have any quarterbacks to develop to begin with. Why would I ever come there? I think that's the harm that Choate's doing by doing this thing with Anderson. I still think that if you gave me an over-under, that the starting quarterback for the Cats next year is going to be Gresh Jansen. <laughs> oh. Gresh had a good game against I mean, Wyoming. He has some good numbers. If he establishes himself and hangs on to that job, because he started. They so, lost, though. But they lost. Um Still happens. Yeah, still. Okay. Still happens. Uh, and then, okay, moving down the list, uh, in a sh- kind of a shootout, oh, the University of Arizona went 65, and Northern Arizona went 41. Yeah, hey, good for Northern what, Arizona putting up 41. Wasn't Arizona 31 to 7 or something? Like, I know NAU tacked on 28 in the second half, but like, that game was well in hand. I, I just, mean, I the one, my one takeaway from that is that NAU is going to be a harder out than people. Their offense is good. giving them credit. For Their them. offense is damn good. Yeah, I, it was so it was fifty-one to thirteen at the half. Yeah. So I mean, the game was in hand, but I mean, look at this. I mean, that's a good damn box score. Like, as Grizz fans, would we if we were down fifty-one thirteen at the half and we come out with a loss to Oregon sixty-five forty-one? I mean, we'd be ecstatic. Yeah, I I love it. So, although I said we're beating them, so I know you better on that. <laughs> when I um. When I look down at next week's games, you know, Idaho State goes to the University of Utah. Cal Poly goes to Oregon State. Idaho goes to Wyoming. Um, Northern Arizona takes on Western New Mexico University. Nice. All of those games seem pretty uh, unspectacular. Mm -hmm. Eastern Washington goes and plays Jacksonville State University. Yeah, Jacksonville, yeah. But Jacksonville, I, I mean, I, we'll probably get into it a little bit with our picks, but Jacksonville was, I think, didn't they start in the top five and then they lost week one to an unranked FCS team? So, yeah, might not be that tough. You're missing one recap game, though. Which one am I missing? Central Washington and Idaho. Oh, oh how did I skip that one? Our friends at the Tubs in the Club podcast are probably hoping we didn't talk about it. I mean, they are, and they're not wrong, but they such an awful football have, game for Idaho. I mean, they're convinced that dropping back down to FCS destroyed their fan base, and they're probably not wrong. Not that they were competing at FBS, but I mean, they are just like, what a dumpster fire! Yeah, they're. I mean, they're uh, that game was happening while the Grizz game was happening. So you'd pull up, twi- I'd pull up Twitter every now and then and just see what's going on and. Uh, both Chris and Brian, the two Idaho guys that I follow, were not having a good night. I mean, uh, basically, I think their summary was they just outlasted Central Washington and eked out a win. But I don't think anyone in Idaho was super happy about that win. Mm. They sunk like a stone in the power rankings, too. That was bad. That was bad. All right. Do you guys want to talk about Oregon next week? Let's do it. The Grizz are going to lose to Oregon next week. Preview over. <laughs> I mean, I, like, how can... 
right? Like, what are you going to say? Like, Oregon is one of the most tremendous collection of athletes on the western side of the U.S. in terms of college football. Yeah. If we were going to the, like, second-tier Pac-12, I'd say, like, hey, you know. Like, let's talk Oregon State. You know, like, so, we, we, they we, got a chance. Yeah. You know, pull, put it together, put a good game together. You, I mean, you never know. Maybe we could accidentally go to Oregon State and play them. And, I mean, it's like, <laughs> could you, on the wildest of days, see all kinds of things going right and the Grizz winning? No. I mean, I, I struggle to even say that with a straight face, but let's just acknowledge the possibility. Yep. I just hope no one gets hurt. I hope that they're competitive enough to get some things out there to, to learn, yeah. to improve themselves, yep. and, and you know, have some takeaways, because I think it's going to be brutal. I think the thing that will be, I mean, just the level of speed and athleticism is so different. Um, Idaho has the Idaho Wolf. Uh, Oregon has the best FBS punting return unit, and Montana has the best FCS uh, punting returning unit. So, uh, strength on strength. <laughs> <laughs> Which but, one do you think is going to get punted to? Oh my God, they're going to pun- <laughs> they're going to they're going to punt to Jerry like they don't care. Um, yeah, we guys just kick that ball out of bounds all the damn time. But I mean, I I know I know people going. I went to the one in 05. Which was, um, it's a cool setting. Like the Nike money in 05 was ridiculous. I was back through the campus about five, six years ago. But I mean, Outson Stadium's a cool spot. Their fans are a little obnoxious. They're not, right? Mike, weren't you? Were you? With, no, I didn't do Oregon. You, you didn't do Oregon, but were you when we went to the, did you go to that? No, it was someone else. Uh, I went to Oregon Stanford game outside of San Francisco. And um, Oregon fans were kind of obnoxious. But um, it's like a whole bunch of hot take mates in one football stadium. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, but it's a beautiful setting around the stadium. I mean, they are – they're damn good. Uh, they run the ball well. They, uh, they've got an experienced O-line. They've got an experienced O-line. Apparently, they've got a bunch of receivers that are hurt. But they've probably got one of the best QBs, probably a – Right now, what, like a top five, top ten? Like, are the Dolphins tanking already in week one to get this guy on their roster? So, I mean, like we, they're, yeah, they're damn good. We have one guy on our team that will probably make an NFL roster. In, Sammy Akem, right? Or are you thinking Dante? I was thinking Dante Olsen. I guess I could see yeah, Sammy Akem. I, I think Sammy's more of a long shot than Dante. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think Sammy can do it, but I don't think he's a lock. I mean, Keelan Dodd. What's the name? Keelan Dustin get drafted last year. Did but, you see? But he's on a roster. Thanks oh, to, hey, thanks he's to, to roster. Guaranteed. No, he. The no. Raiders signed him. They signed him. They signed him. He, and refused. at first, he because yeah. he, he was on like what the Jets practice or the Jaguars Dolphins. practice oh, Jaguars, roster, yeah. and he said, "No, I'm not. Unless you guarantee it, I'm not." Gonna, so they guaranteed his contract and gave him a three hundred fifty thousand dollars signing bonus. So, so he's making seven hundred seventy-five thousand dollars guaranteed because of the Antonio Brown thing. So good for him. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So let's say Sammy Akem, uh, Dante, Dante Olson, and I could even maybe see Jerry Louis McGee. CFL. Maybe. Maybe I see Jerry as a he's CFL too small. guy. I think he's too small. You think even for like a Woodhead Edelman type? No. No. No? Okay. No. Fair enough. But what if, two. What if I told you there were pro scouts at this last game looking at a Grizzly quarterback? Confirmed by a sports reporter. CFL scouts? Uh-uh. What if I told you? What if I told you? 
I don't know. I, I don't. Well, think Brady Gustafson got to try out with the Bears, so I guess <laughs> that's what I would tell you. <laughs> My point is, I started this saying one guy, Dante Olson. We're on the like five. Oregon has like two future <laughs> oh, damn first Russia. round draft picks <laughs> on their offensive line, like. Bobby at QB Club today pointed out to us that one of their defensive ends was the number one rated defensive end recruit in all of the country last year, and he's second string. I mean, it's like, it's just a different level, you know? It's, yeah. yeah. But, like, what you hope for in these games, <clears throat> we saw this against Washington um, a couple years ago. You want that moment. You want those serious – like, I remember not just the Sandry pick six – but the first three or four possessions, Reese Phillips and the offense, like they moved the ball 30, 40 yards. Excuse me. And so it was like you had little segments, little things that it was like, yes. Like they're showing some stuff, and that was cool. I still remember I tell this story a lot because I was at the 05 Oregon game. And I think the cool thing was Dennis Dixon was like the third string QB then, and that guy was the best athlete on the field then as well too uh he's kind of like a qb of college lore because he blew out his acl and he got heisman votes even though he only played six games or something um but the grizz were labeled as this weak crappy team and oregon's just gonna crush him but oregon in the first half effectively could not get in the end zone they kicked a bunch of field goals and i believe i'd have to check because this was 14 years ago they like their kicker set a record for the most amount of field goals made in a game in that game against the Grizz. Like they'd get in the red zone and we'd stop them. And um, it was 12 to nothing. And Oregon had like fumbled the ball or we got some turnover at midfield. And uh, so this was 05. And so it would have been like Jason Washington was our quarterback or somebody. <laughs> and he chucks up this crap rainbow Hail Mary pass. Like, he's getting hit, and it's just like, I'm going to fling it. And I'm pretty sure it was John Talmadge. Okay. Jumps up and hauls it in. And it's touchdown. It's 12-7. to 7. And it's like, there's little sliver of Grizz fans, and most of the Oregon fans didn't care about us, but there were these two guys who were these, like, grade-A assholes. They're like, they were talking shit to us, like, to the Grizz fans. Like, they were, like, making fun of us the whole time. And it's like, like, how how small, like, how petty are you as a person to, like, make fun of an FCS team that comes in? Like, that has, you know. And so, Talmadge hauls in this catch. And we go batshit crazy. Like, we're within a score. It's the second quarter, and it is 12-7. to 7. <laughs> Oh, my God. And we go berserk, and these two guys, like, sit down. It was so great. It was, like, just that moment. You're like, yes. <laughs> and then from there, like, I think I want to say, God, I'd have to go back. And I feel like the starter was um, – I can't remember. It was, like, some recognizable name. But uh, the other thing I remember, their PA guy was pretty funny because junk time, fourth quarter, Cole Berkowitz comes in and plays, and he gets flushed out of the pocket on a fourth down, and – because he was like a redshirt freshman, throws away a pass like into the end zone. And the PA announcer is like, pass complete to the fourth row. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to start some positive momentum. It's like complete pass to the stands. It's like, oh. No, I mean, Oregon's a great team. And, but that's that's just what I want to take away. 
I don't think I'm going to be watching the game. I'm going to be at a friend's party. Uh, he turns 40. It's in Bozeman. And so I'm just hoping the game's not on because I know what the crowd's going to be like. And I really don't want to be drinking beer with a bunch of people cheering about the Grizz getting dunked on all the time. Unless if somehow Western Illinois beats the Cats, then I'm going to be like ready so to go. <laughs> the, the game is on the Pac-12 network. So the odds of that being on at the party you're going to, not very high. Solid point. <laughs> you have to remember at this party to obnoxiously uh, repeat I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm 40. Your friend. <laughs> I'm a man. <laughs> not playing Davis yet, though. Wasn't it? Was it? No, it wasn't Hawkins. Who was the I'm a man? I'm 40. Oh, the Oklahoma guy, right? I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> Hawkins was, this is big. This is the Big 12. This is football. Mike Gundy. Yeah, it's Mike Gundy. You come at me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I love it. All right. There's your Oregon preview. Stories from 2005. Yeah. Now, <laughs> something tells me the Oregon fans aren't going to listen to our pod and come troll us about the, Why the hell would mailing it in of the preview. But there was a North Alabama fan who was very upset with us at, on Twitter right? for no, mailing on, in. On Egris. Or on Egris. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that guy. I mean, he, was, no. he said... <laughs> I feel like you half-assed the uh, North Alabama preview. Just call it like I see it. Hey, you know what? We played one half of that and didn't show up for the other. So, yeah, we gave him half a preview. <laughs> that being said, we're getting some good feedback from the Egris folks. They we had are. some good ideas. Yeah. They want us to do a uh, rotating co-host session. Um, <laughs> what I would really like to do, though, is figure out a way to do a voicemail call-in. Oh. Um, I listened to a... a yeah. A, a Yankees podcast that a guy does. Okay, voicemail lines are open, and he'll just say it, and then they'll like answer some of them oh on Twitter. Uh, call these guys' cell phones. No. Voicemails. <laughs> if you're going to do that, text me first so I know not to answer. <laughs> you want to buy a house? They're like, no, I want you to ask Brent this stupid-ass question. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. What's up? What do we got next? Mike, is it time for the BWR? I believe that it is indeed time for the BWR. Brent, are you ready for the BWR? Yeah, let's do it. I'm three beers deep. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Brent, I need from you your top five red flags when shopping for a realtor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the propaganda. Red flags. Red flags. Like, like concerning. Concerning flags. Like, wait. I might want to call Brent. I might want to call Mike because this person is showing some of these red flags. Okay. Give me five. Oh, man. I can give you five. I was going to say, like, uh, completely illiterate with technology in today's world. Right? Yep. Yep. If they're a waiter at the Cracker Barrel. (laughs) 100%. Real estate is not a hobby. Yeah. Small town. That's uh, not. I don't know that we have any. Oh. If, no, I should preface like, it by if there's a realtor who's a waiter at the Cracker Barrel, I'm sorry. I just chose that okay. out of my hat. Okay. You like have an interview at your office tomorrow, and they're going to come in crying. They're going to be like, why did you say that, you <laughs> piece of shit? Uh, no, but you could, you could say if they have an additional profession that conflicts with your availability to yep. look at properties, yep. right? And if they're in the first few months, that's a different story than if they're a year plus yeah. in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
There's, 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 uh, you know, we have a, we have a licensing body by the state that keeps track of complaints against you. So if you have a laundry list there, that's probably a red flag, you know, yeah, okay. <laughs> for violating state license law. That might be an issue. They're currently on probation with the state of Montana. Probably not the best. I mean, not probably should, you know, have that conversation. Um, you know, if they, uh, if they are uh, not very proficient in your market area. So uh, if it is a realtor that has not worked or not experienced or not knowledgeable about your market area. Uh, for instance, if you live in a subdivision and every house in that subdivision has sold for X or less and your agent from another town who you happen to know says, says you can list it for X plus a hundred thousand. Let's just throw a, it's a red flag burger on it. <laughs> okay. Um, how many is that? Is that four? Is that five? What'd we say? I feel like that's quality. Cease and desist from the Cracker Barrel coming up. Yeah. All right. We did get... It's nothing against the Cracker Barrel. We did get Big Dipper to tweet at us the other week. Well, (laughs) it's because you and your sacrilege... Oh, my God. ...talking about Sweet Peaks over Big Dipper. I am a Big Dipper person, and I'm going to speak for Luke and say, so is the Grizz Fan Pod. Listen, I think anyone who goes to Sweet Peaks or Big Dipper doesn't really like ice cream. (laughs) Uh, Listen, I don't want to wait in a line... Oh. <laughs> on the busiest street in Missoula, it's hot to get a double scoop in a waffle cone. Like, if you really like ice cream, you're going, like, to a store in the dead of night. <laughs> you're going self-checkout aisle in the hoodie, and you're buying that shit by the gallon. Like, you <laughs> like ice cream then. That's fair. Fair. My favorite ice cream flavor is bubblegum, so Big Dipper has my best flavor. But Bubble Sweet gum. Peaks has, like, all the unique uh, different stuff. James got a bubblegum scoop of ice cream when we were at Glacier National Park this summer at the place in the Apgar Village. Mm-hmm. Legitimate pieces of bubblegum. Yeah, that's yeah. that's why it's so damn good. Yeah, that was that was Jesus a mistake. Christ. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brent. Uh, this is based off of a tweet you sent out. Oh shit, Brent. What are your top five similarities that you see between the Bears and the Bobcats? <laughs> <laughs> this is, like this is a legitimate thing. All right. <clears throat> The Bears and the Bobcats both have a very good defenses. They're good at defense, right? Would anyone disagree? Nope. Like right now this year? Okay. They both are like what? Like Chicago and Bozeman. Like they're very chic, trendy, like metropolitan cities Yep. within their state. Okay. Their offenses are complete dog shit. Train wrecks. Awful. Neither of them have a real starting quarterback. And both of them have an association of that they suck. The Bears still suck, and the Bobcats suck. So there you go. There's your five. Wow. Yeah. I didn't think you would come up with anything <laughs> remotely rational. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't okay. know what you just said. They both but wear I award blue. you zero points. <laughs> May God have mercy on your soul. Brent. Jason Witten came out of retirement <laughs> and did so in an amazing fashion, scoring a touchdown in week one for the Cowboys. Name five ex-Grizzly players who could come back from retirement right now that would get you excited if they put on the Grizz jersey. Like for this season. This season. You're like, whoa. Thomas Here Brooks Fletcher. You Thomas Brooks Fletcher. You look definitely like you're not, in Thomas, shape. Not, definitely not TVF. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was like... 
it would seem like defensively, right? Like, okay, so I think we have good run sport guys in safety, but if you had like a Shan Schillinger back there at safety, not just coaching. So you had Shan. You had what? You're, I've got my five. Go you ahead. got your five. Okay. Like, I've talked about a defense bend. Like, hell, give me two. Like, give me Zach Wagaman and Tyron Holmes. Right. Like, Zach Wagaman uh, right now, you think? Oh, my God. You well, put, Tyron Holmes is still playing, so. Okay. Or trying to play. Like, you put Wags and Holmes on this D-line, and, like, you, you're a complete team. Right? Right? Uh, yep. Um. Uh, God, wouldn't it be fun if you had, like, like, Brock Coyle next to I'm, I shouldn't be knocking on Jason Lewis because I love the way he plays. But like if you had Brock Coyle out there with Dante Olson or something, like your linebacker core would be Cold Anderson stout. in the backfield. But you uh, think Cold Anderson could play right now? He was in the He's NFL. Thirty. He was in the NFL two years ago. He's yes, 32. I do. Absolutely. Yes, I do think he could play Grizz football right now. <laughs> okay. I mean, Tremaine. Yeah, that was the fifth guy I was thinking. I was thinking, you know, Tremaine Johnson, Mike, we could rehash your uh, your prior, you know, comments or feelings or opinions. <laughs> I just stated a fact. It's fine. I mean, Tremaine, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, no question. I'd want him on the pod. I'd want him to sit in that chair right next to you. All right. And we could replay some sound clips and see what happens. All right. Good, good, good selections. <laughs> Brent, this is going to be a harder one. You're a young reporter. Your post game with Coach Bobby Houck. <laughs> what three football related questions could you ask that would produce that like cold, <laughs> like dementors stare from Bobby Houck? No more questions, Brad. We're closing practice. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, well, obviously, <laughs> I mean ask about injuries right and like ask him about him again and again um <laughs> and like reference tweets for it be like you know this one guy tweeted out that i mean bobby i just want to kill you um <laughs> speaking of that i mean i've i joked about this before but wouldn't it be great to hear a reporter in a press conference ask bobby about something they read on egress <laughs> <laughs> Go Grizz 1997 <laughs> told me that the other week you said this guy sucks. <laughs> That'd be something else. Um, you know, you could go to the old standby. You could be like, you could talk about some arrests from 10 years ago, too. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> be like, you know, Bobby, in 2006, we had this incident. That'd, that'd probably get the cold stare. You ready it? to talk about this yet? <laughs> oh, my God. Can we rehash this arrest from the 2000? What was it? F- yeah, whatever. Yeah, so that Those would get the stares. All right, Brent. I've got, those get you thrown out. I've got <laughs> one more for you and then one for both of you. Ooh. Okay, Brent. Wild card question. <laughs> Pornhub is planting a tree <laughs> for every 100 videos watched. Brent, give me your top five <laughs> anything in relation to the story. Uh, Maple, Ponderosa, Alder, Oak. <laughs> Damn it. We, had, we pre-discussed this oh. question. <laughs> I saw through your bullshit. Yeah, you did. Brent, I don't know what you're struggling with. It's elm, pine, maple, large spruce. <laughs> that was good. I'm prepared. 
<laughs> He's getting better at this. <laughs> First year Brent would not have reacted like that. Um, we need to delete this. <laughs> okay, now I have a hypothetical for both of you. Imagine trading players was a thing that's possible in college football. Okay. Mm. The Grizz offer Cam Humphrey and Jace Lewis. Do they get Troy Anderson in return? No. No. What if it was... What third player could you add to this mix to get Troy Anderson back? I'm not sure. You could add three players to that mix. You get a quarterback? You get a replacement linebacker? Nick Osmo? I mean, you'd think it'd have to be a skilled player. So you just take all three of the positions that Troy has. Robbie Alk. I was good, that was going to be my follow-up. Because <laughs> how it's just how ruthless is Dad? Would hey, Dad sorry, Robbie. Would Dad trade his son? <laughs> Pod Dog just got up. I think he's concerned about right. this question. He's interested. Pod Dog is very stressed out all of a sudden. Why are you guys doing this? <laughs> That's a tough one. What, what what would you what would you need to get Troy on the team? Boy, I mean, you, Cam Humphrey is probably. This is going to upset Cat fans if they're even listening. But I mean, they're probably. Not. I think Cam Humphrey is probably a better quarterback than Bauman. I mean, definitely. He's a junior, yeah. Yeah. you know. So that alone, he has legitimate playing experience. I mean, they're pretty set at running back. Um, I. Hmm. I don't know. Pod dog is thirsty. I don't know if this is getting picked up or okay. not. I think we've wrapped up the BWR, but right. uh, Grizz fan pod uh, fans, if you guys have ideas on what combination would give us Troy Anderson, let us know. Let us know. Let's hear it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our picks for the week. All right. Um, How did we do last week pick wise? Do you have our records? Huck is like right on Brent's lap. Like, all right, I'm ready for some attention. You look at the microphone. That's okay. <laughs> it's the best part of this pod right now. The dog breathing heavy into the microphone. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, and let's move on to the picks. So we don't have last week's picks for you for you guys. Uh, we'll update you next week on where we're at to date. Um, but let's go to the first game of the week, Saturday, September 14th. Idaho State goes to the University of Utah. Utah. <laughs> Utah. Utah. Yeah. Let me open this up so I can. Utah for all three of us. All right. The next game, we have Oregon, Cal Poly going to Oregon State. I think Oregon State will win that. You think so? Yep. Is Oregon State any good? I mean, they haven't been for a while, right? Is Cal Poly any good? I mean, so Oregon State got smoked by Oklahoma State and lost to Hawaii, who suddenly Hawaii is looking pretty good. True. Oregon State will win it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's pretty close. Like within 20 points? Sure. Okay. 
Uh, then Idaho goes to Wyoming. Wyoming is going to win that. Wyoming's playing good football. Yeah. Yeah, Wyoming's winning that. Wyoming here, too. Western <clears throat> New Mexico University goes to Northern Arizona. Yeah. Yep. NAU. <laughs> NAU. Those first four games are boring. Um, then Eastern Washington, Eastern Washington goes to Jacksonville State University. This one's going to be interesting. Jacksonville State's 1-1. One one. So they lost to um, somebody, what, Southeastern Louisiana. Mm-hmm. They bounced back and had a, a, well, they beat Chattanooga. I don't know if Chattanooga's any good, but they've got that, they've got an offense that shows, like, Lindenwood, like they're a pass-heavy type of offense, and they're at home. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a long ways to go. I mean, I, I'm, I think I'm going to pick Jacksonville State just because I think that's a long way to go for a football game against a team that's probably going to be Jack to play them. Yeah, that's a big game for them. Um, yeah, I'll go Jacksonville. I'm going to go Eastern Washington. Ooh. You know Jacksonville plays the week after? North Alabama. Oh, dang! All right, then we have Weber State goes to Nevada. This could be interesting. Boy, Nevada that just got crushed by Oregon. <laughs> huh? Huh? I'm going to pick Nevada. I'm going to pick Weber State. I'm going to pick Nevada as well, right. but I wouldn't be surprised if Weber State pulled it. I mean, like, if Weaver State found a little bit of an offense, I mean, they needed one damn touchdown to beat San Diego State. Yeah. yeah. Weaver State. Okay. Um, Northern Colorado goes to Sac State. Sac. Sac. Yep. Yeah, I think this is a game Sac's got. Um, Montana goes to Oregon. We've already kind of – I'm just going <laughs> to write that in. I think yeah, we're all picking Oregon. chalk that one up. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Um, Portland State goes to Boise State. Well, this week in the big sky is not that beautiful. <laughs> Boise State. Probably Boise. Portland State has the best-ranked defense points and yards allowed in the big sky, and they've played Arkansas. Interesting tidbit. That's something to track. Yeah. I'll have to loop back. If they, they continue that played, after playing Boise they State. They also played Simon Fraser, so. <laughs> <laughs> From Dutton. Um then Montana State goes to Western Illinois. I said it in our kind of preseason probably I think Western Illinois is going to win this game. I think it's a road game. Hmm. I, although I don't think Western Illinois is as good as they were last year. No, they're not. Well, I think the Cats are going to win. I'm yeah. going to go Montana State. All right. I think Western Illinois is going to win. It's probably the most we've diverged. For sure. Yeah. Two games. One of the fewest possible games to diverge on. <laughs> um, Stephen F. Austin goes to Southern Utah. It's been a while since I've thought about Stephen F. Austin. Is Stephen F. Austin any good? Let's see what Google has to say. Stephen F. Austin is 0 and 2. Well, someone's got to win. Okay, so they lost to Baylor. All I don't right. know if that's really fair. Uh,. But they also lost to a school called Tarleton State. 37 to 26. Southern Utah <laughs> should win that game at home. Oh my God. Who the hell is Tarleton State? Tarleton's uh, not a state. <laughs> neither is Weber. Uh, Tar- 
Charlton State is part of the A&M system since 1917. An affordable undergraduate graduate degree is located in Stevensville, Fort Worth, Waco. Oh, they're all over the damn place. Yeah. Um, God, both these teams are so bad. It's in Gosh, Southern I, Utah. I hope Southern Utah wins. Yeah, that'd probably be – I mean, con- yeah. we You need their bottom feeders to get a few non-conference wins. I'll go Southern Utah. Mike? Southern, Southern Utah. Utah. Yep. Me too. And then we wrap it up with Lehigh going to UC Davis. Davis. UC Davis. I mean, Davis should win. Yeah. At home? Yes. Lehigh did, like, they had that opener, right? Weren't they one of the ones, like, they had, like, the is that them? No, I'm thinking Colgate. I get them crossed up. Yeah, Lehigh's. Lehigh lost to St. Francis, Pennsylvania. So, yeah. Got her. Saved. Cool. All right, guys. Any final thoughts? Man. Just, yeah, I... Grizz team, I want them to hang. I would love it if the Cats lost since I'm going to be drinking beers amongst Cat fans, but I'm not counting on it. So, But it'll sure make for my Saturday night. Fair, fair, <laughs> fair, fair. My, my final thoughts are it was sure a lot of fun in that stadium Saturday night. Right. Especially the third quarter. Under the lights. Yep. Special atmosphere. Makes me want a playoff game. The uh, Grizz spread is 37.5 points. So they've beat their spread by 13. So if the Grizz lost by 24, that'd be a hell of a game, right? Take it. 54-30. I have Sammy Akem with over 60 yards receiving. Ooh. I like it. Would you take that? No. No, but I would tell you it'd be cool <laughs> if some of our guys could put up some individual performances. Just some things to hang their hat. You just have like Samori Torre like take like a screen pass like a eighty five yards to the uh, to the end zone. That'd All be right. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Probably gonna get chased down by a D tackle or something with their <laughs> speed. <but. laughs> All right, guys. Well I think that's it for this week. Okay, that covers it. All right. Thanks so much for hanging out, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. If you uh Know us. We'll probably talk to you sooner. If not, we'll see you next week. Go Grizz. Fight on. on.